0: Home of the stars, through the airwaves and on the big screen. Coming to you live from Hollywood, it's Rated G Radio with your host, Garrett Miller. Settle down, everybody. Settle down, settle down, settle down. We are back for a fresh new season. There's nothing stale about what's going on tonight, my friends. And it is so good to be back here on Rated G Radio. I'm your host, Garrett Miller. For the next 60 minutes, you're going to have the most scintillating conversation in all of radio. Um, And yes, that includes terrestrial radio as well. Okay, so everybody's been asking, what's been going on? You've been gone all summer. Well, you know, it's summer. I live at the beach. It's time to do beachy stuff. And so that's what we've done for the last 12 weeks. Um, Rob, Rebecca, Stephanie, Mary Lou, all of your favorites have enjoyed taking Mondays off, but we're back in full force for a fresh new season, and we'll be back every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, wherever you're at around the world. Um, you can tune in live or in Technicolor, as the majority of you do, and just take us with you. We're not only here on Blog Talk Radio, we're on Apple's podcast and iHeartRadio under the flagship banner now currently as rated lgbt radio you'll remember that because that's the show i formed with my good buddy rob watson several years ago and when i had to take a break for you know to get a job and pay some bills rob took over the show and does a great job and broadcasts weekly on thursdays um here's a little secret i asked rob to be my guest co-host next week and we will have him back and then that week after, and the week after, and the week after. We've got them all lined up, and they all are excited. They, of course, Rob, Rebecca, Mary Lou, especially Mary Lou, because she's got some really cool stuff coming up from Brisbane, Australia. She might be throwing a little shrimp on the bobby, and my accent is horrible. Um, and Stephanie, who's now no longer in Alaska, she's in Arizona. So we've got so many changes to talk about, and we're going to get to that when we bring them on in the coming weeks. But tonight to start the season off with the biggest bang possible. I thought to myself, "Self, I need a guest with star power who is dynamic, interesting, fascinating, tells great stories and would be the perfect person to have on the inaugural show." And there was only one name that came to mind. I mean, there were several that came to mind, but only one that stood out as the clear winner and luckily she has agreed to be my guest co-host tonight her name is venezia hirsch and we work together at the date j-o-b and we are excited to bring this hour of power to you tonight. We're going to talk about all the cool stuff, but um, I'm going to give you my little bio on Venezia, but she'll tell you about herself as well. Um, She's cool. She's hip. She's a mom. She's a dog mom. She's a wife. She is a great daughter, a great granddaughter, and all around fantastic person to work with. Super funny, super fun, and Without further ado, Vanessa, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: you So much. I'm doing wonderful. I feel like you did the perfect introduction. I don't know what else to add to that.
0: Okay, the show's over. See you tomorrow. Bye. Okay. (laughs) Yeah,
1: thank you, everyone.
0: Yeah, thanks, everybody. (laughs) Okay. So one of the reasons I wanted to bring Vanessa on the show is she is newer to what I do during the day, and uh, at least to my team, even though she has worked for the company for a period of time. And during work hours, there's only so much we get a chance to talk about. And she is such a fascinating person. I thought, you know, I, if, I, if I could con her on the show, we could talk about all the fun stuff we never get a chance to talk about at work. So that's really why um, she's here tonight. Now, if you'd like to call and ask her a question again, this is not a psychic call in show. So if you have had that experience in the past with my other co-host, that's great. But tonight, it's all about Venezia and her story. And if you'd like to call in on point and talk to us, we'll take your calls at 323-657-1493. And we are live for the next hour. So um, with all of that, Venezia, let's talk about fun stuff. Now, I know you just got back from an extended vacation that I'm so jealous to hear all about, but didn't, again, Haven't really heard much about it, except that you had a great time. Can you tell the listeners tonight where you went, what you did, and why you agreed to come
1: back? Yeah, so that's actually funny. Um, So we just went to Colorado as a family, and we went to this little town called Estes Park, and it was beautiful. I actually, like, Colorado is my number one spot I would move to, so it was very hard. (laughs) To fly back when you are just in nature. It's so much fun. But it was incredible. But that's that's where we went. Colorado Estes Park. Beautiful. 10 out of 10 recommend.
0: What do you do in Estes Park?
1: So we actually went for a wedding. And the venue, I mean, anywhere you looked was like the perfect background. It was so beautiful. Um, We also went to the National Park. Which is just, I mean, it, it just doesn't feel real. You know, it's it's too beautiful. No photos give it justice. But um, we did a lot of hikes. And it was just, oh, it was so much fun. It, but weddings, hikes, that's what we did.
0: So who's who got married?
1: So one of my neighbors that I've known since I was a little, little girl, I've known him forever, um my my parents still live there so we all went to his wedding and it was just so cool because we're now all getting married so it's just it's so fun to be able to go and celebrate him so he was our he's my neighbor I've known him literally since what I was five so it was it was really fun getting a reunion since we've all kind of moved to different states
0: so now besides the the what took place during the wedding, did they have a nice reception um did Did you get up and sing what was going on the day of
1: <laughs> yeah, so um so I have two older brothers, so they were in the wedding party um but pretty much for the wedding, they had the whole shebang, so they actually got married a year ago, um but their dream venue um they just they couldn't. There was just no days, so mm-hmm. they've already been married. They're already married, but they had like a full on wedding, so they had the reception, the ceremony, and it was one of the longest weddings I have ever been to. Um, it just kept going and going and going. It was so much fun. Um, it I mean, it started early. Like twelve, and then it went to like eleven thirty. That we're like, okay, we, we can't go anymore. Like <laughs> we're oh, leaving, wow. but it still kept going. I've never left the wedding early, but that night I was like, my daughter is two, and she was like ready to go with Baby Shark dancing. But then Baby Shark was done, and the wheels on the bus was done. But I was like, there's there's no more. <laughs> we have to go home.
0: You have to go crazy. home. Oh my god. <laughs> Now, you said besides the wedding, you also did some hiking. Um, one of the things that you did mention in the office is you did have a unique hiking experience that I would love for you to share with the listeners because I will tell you, I've done a little bit of hiking in my day and you have eclipsed anything I would ever try to do.
1: So, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, in Essence Park, we started. Um, we started at the bottom of, like, Let's say this mountain, um, but it was about a four-six mile hike um, to get to the waterfall, and I wish I knew exactly what it was, but I wish I knew the name of the waterfall. I'm so sorry. Um, whenever we go on trips, I just follow whatever my dad does because he's just fast-paced. You don't ask questions; you just follow. So, anyways, we're we're walking up, you know, a nice incline for about four to six miles. So you can only imagine. With a two-year-old, you keep saying, are we there yet? What is going on? What are we looking at? So we finally get to this the bottom of the waterfall. And then you have to rock climb pretty much. And, you know, it was pretty, I mean, the incline was pretty narrow. Even my shoes were slippery. So my mom had said, oh, I'll stay back with the, my, my daughter. Her name's Callie. Um, and we started going up. And sure enough, I look back, my daughter is literally climbing up these boulders and she wants no help. She did it all herself. I was shocked. I've never seen, I've never been more proud. (laughs) But yeah, she climbed up and then going down was a different story. I had to hold her. It was a whole thing. But she did it herself. I could not believe it.
0: So the the thing that I, I will let the listeners know, you said that how old is your daughter again?
1: She's two.
0: When is she going to turn 30? (laughs) In
1: about 28 years, but I mean, might as well.
0: Well, if we're going to do like the math, okay, yes. But her daughter may be two years old. I've met her daughter, Kelly, one time. And you would swear that this kid is at least four or five years old. That's how big she is. She's huge. So well-spoken. She's tall and just a force of nature. And so it's not surprising that she wanted to go hiking and do all the things the big people do. But she's got, she's got quite the vocabulary, and she's got quite the grasp on um, the family unit. So where do you think that she gets that, that strong personality from?
1: So that's actually funny you said that. So the other day I was looking at her. I'm like, where did she get this, like, personality of hers? And so um, pretty much she put me in timeout. And I don't remember why it was put on timeout, but I definitely, you know, I deserved it because I went on timeout. And I was sitting in her room because that's where we do her timeout. Um, And I was just on my phone. I was like, oh, this is actually, this is great. I'm just going to relax. She's doing her thing. And she comes in the room and she goes, no, 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 mama, no phone when you're on timeout. And I was like, where did she even get that from? No, no, no. Like, what in the world? And so later that day my husband said something, I'm like, No, 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 Kyle and I was like, Oh I get it. And so uh-huh. throughout like the last couple of days I'm like, Oh my gosh. I see where she's getting her vocabulary. For sure me. But also my mom as well. But the like the little sass, I'm like, Oh man, she's watching me too close. I gotta Uh-oh. be careful.
0: You get, well, you know that imitation is the most sincerest form of flattery. So that would be a, a wonderful thing if she grows up and she's like you. So tell me about your family. I know family is very, very important to you, and probably one of the things that I admire most about you is how seriously you take your commitments to your family. Um, you know, both immediate and extended. Well, where do you think this came from?
1: So, great question. So when I was when I was younger, so. Still till this day, my dad raised my brothers and I, um, we – so my my dad raised this this way. Like, if we got in an argument, um, my dad would say, tomorrow morning, if your brother did not wake up, would you be happy that that was the last conversation we've had with him? And so I would say, absolutely not. I love him, but he's very annoying right now. Um, and so – you know, growing up, my brothers and I have only gone on a handful of arguments, like very silly ones, maybe like they ate my lucky charms, I don't know, something, you know, and so growing up, it would be like one in the morning, and I have two older brothers, so it'd be like one in the morning, and my brother would come in my room, and just be like, I'm so sorry about this argument, and I would say, I love you, and we would cry about it, hug it out, And then my oldest brother would come and be like, you two are ridiculous, but love you too. And then my parents would come in and we're like, did anybody invite you guys? But they would come in too. And so ever since I was younger, my dad, I mean, my dad just loves family so much. Um, He actually, he came from Ecuador with my grandma and his dad didn't come. And so he's, he's always wanted to be that father figure for us. And my mom comes from a very tight family. So, Both of them, just they they really cherish family, and so still to this day, I mean, I'm sure we might be different. We might get in little bickers or whatever and not know that we're upset with each other, but at the end of the day, like, we're so solid. I mean, Mm -hmm. we, we love each other, and we understand, like, at the end of the day, is this argument that worth it, that if something were to happen to you, which is extremely dramatic, but if something were to happen to you, would I be happy that that was the last conversation I had with you? And it was always a no; it wasn't worth it.
0: That's powerful. You know, I don't know. I I I think I really admire you for that, Vanessa. the The challenge that I would have with some of the people that um, have been, in my, and I'm going to be I'm going to preface this on the Miller side of the family. The Millers are perfect. You know, we we cannot error in any way possible. Um, But then there are, you know, other people. And frankly, I'm really quite fine if I never speak to them again. And I don't lose sleep over that at all. So I think you're a much bigger person. And the fact that you, you know, take that as seriously as you do, I think that's very commendable in this day and age where, you know, people give up on each other so quickly. So when, you know, now that you're at where you're at in life, when you were growing up, Let's just say, you know, 20 years ago when you were but a just a twinkle in the star of the universe. Did you see your life being where it's at today?
1: A hundred percent. Yes. When I was six or seven years old, I said to my family, I'm going to be married when I'm 23 and I'm going to have a baby when I'm 25. I was married when I was 23 and I had a baby when I was 25, and now I'm like I've literally said what my future is. Where Where do I go now? But um, there's certain, of course, there's certain things in my life that aren't what I anticipated. I thought I was going to be like a professional singer, and I thought I was going to be a doctor saving lives. Um, and then I learned, you know, you got to read a lot of books, <laughs> do a lot of things. So that obviously was not in the nearest future of mine. But yeah, no, a hundred percent. I knew I wanted to be a wife, a mom. Yeah. So I I totally I was this is the life I've dreamt of.
0: Okay, so let's go back to this thing about being a singer and then a doctor that reads a lot of books. I at least would hope you'd read a lot of books. So tell me about your budding singing career, because you've shared a little bit with me, and I really did try to go and find, I after our conversation that fateful day at Chipotle, I did go and try to find you and any record, and you are very correct, you are impossible to find, even though that you do have mm-hmm. stuff or had stuff, at least it was out there. So. What, what? When did you have a develop your love of singing, and where did that take you? Because I think you've got a couple of interesting stories that the listeners would love to hear about, especially, you know, I think one of the things that you do so well is you set a great example for others, even whether you realize it or not. And so when people are looking at you, and they know that, you know, you're a mom, a wife, and then a secret singer, you know, <laughs> you give you give hope to a lot of people saying, you know, Hey, you know, she's doing this. I can do it too. So where's this love of singing come from?
1: So my, so my, my mom's side. So my grandpa came from Dominican Republic and he had a band when he came here with the four best friends that he came with. And so growing up in a big Hispanic family, um, we grew up with music. So when I was a little girl going to sleep, um, my dad would dance me to sleep. Like, that was the only way I would go to sleep, apparently, when I was a little girl. And still to this day, I mean, obviously he does not dance me to sleep now, but I just, if I'm driving home or whatever, just music, it just, like, puts me to sleep or makes me dance. It just controls how I'm feeling. Like, that's my, like, my language. And so my grandpa would always play the guitar and sing, play the piano and sing. And I, you know, growing up, I was not allowed to do sleepovers except at my grandparents' house. So I grew up every single weekend, any weekend I would have, I would want to go to my grandparents' house. And it was just always music. And so when I watched Titanic, quick shift over, when I watched Titanic, art would go on. I remember I like sing it all the time. There was like a like a tape a cassette tape, whatever they're called. My dad had uh-huh. me singing to it. And so ever since I what? sang that song, um, oh. we Does just, he still have that cassette? Going.
0: I'm going on, on Amazon, and I'm buying a cassette <laughs> player tonight, and I'm going to even sign up for Amazon Prime to get that here. I've got to hear this.
1: Seriously. You know what? I haven't heard it in a while. I have to ask him where it is um, because, it. I mean, it was just listening to it. Now I'm like, Ooh! but it was just, oh my gosh, it was so fun, Um, but yeah, I just, I love singing, so obviously in middle school, I was in choir, in elementary school, I was in choir, in high school, I was in choir, but you know, when you get, I started getting singing lessons, and you know, singing, it's, it's a muscle, and like when you learn, and you know how it's supposed to sound, it kind of and it, like it's super fun when you hit those notes you never thought you could hit and it's incredible and you got to keep going and training but when you don't and you hear yourself you're kind of like I don't like it anymore because I don't sound how I want to sound um so you know my singing is strictly a singing rocking my baby to sleep kind of singing <laughs>
0: Well, uh, you know, a, a good mama singing her baby to sleep, there's that's probably one of the sweetest sounds you're ever going to hear. But if you if you aren't rocking Callie to sleep, what's your favorite genre of music to sing?
1: Oh my gosh, I love all genres to sing, but my favorite is like um like soulful music. Like oldies. I love it.
0: So when you say soulful oldies, are we talking about hits from like the late 1990s, or what type of you know soulful oldies do you really enjoy?
1: Um, so yeah, so kind of all over, but I really love Motown. Okay. And I, but then I also love like I don't even I don't even know. I'm trying to think. There was a specific artist that I used to sing all the time. And it was one of those things that, like, she wasn't well known. But my singing coach would always give me songs to sing of hers, but I can't remember. But for sure, Motown—that's like my go-to. I'll buy you lunch if you sing your best eight
0: bars right now.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) No.
0: No? Okay.
1: That's you know, as you can tell me talking, I'm super shy. But that is when I get very shy.
0: So why do you think that is, that, 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 that something that you love so much has you so self-conscious?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I really, you know, ever since I was younger, like, I would have little solos, right, in middle school and in high school and maybe not high school, for sure middle school. And singing in class, super fun, whatever, let's just sing it. Singing in front of people, I shake I'm uncomfortable. I don't know. (laughs) Nobody's even in front of me. We're just on the call and people can hear, but still I'm like, no, no, no. There's ears. (laughs) There's ears out there. I
0: find that fascinating because, you know, when um, I hear you speak with people you interact with and just in general, you come across as one of the most confident personable, enjoyable people that I could ever hope to have my ears listened to. And so, you know, but as a performer, I know that probably takes you to a different place that, again, like you said, if you aren't using your muscles, you know, it kind of gets a little rusty. And if you're rusty and you're going to have an audience judging you, you know, then I can understand why you'd be nervous. So do you think you'll ever pick that
1: up again? You know, I've actually thought about getting lessons again and starting singing and then seeing also if Callie is interested mm-hmm. in singing too she loves to sing, like I said, baby shark, wheels on the bus. Um, but I've actually thought about it a lot. Um, but it's just really hard. You know, I found my one singing coach that I absolutely love. She is the greatest of all time. I feel so comfortable singing with her we get always in this place that I'm extremely emotional and I attach to the music that I'm singing that just even thinking about going to anybody else after being through so many singing coaches, that's when I'm like, uh, ah, over it. Because I know she's so busy um, that it would be hard. And she's more, a little bit more expensive, of course. It, it kind of gets a little bit harder with everything that's going on in life right now. So what
0: makes a good singing coach for you?
1: So a good singing coach for me um, is someone who is relatable and is willing to, like, open me up in the sense of, like, I'm extremely, like you said, I'm I'm insecure and I'm, well, not like exactly what you said, but I am insecure and shy when it comes to something that I'm standing in the middle of, and I'm standing in the middle of everybody and all eyes are on me that To me, I, like, shut off, right, like, in the performing sense of it. But when I would sing with her, um, not only would she, like, just say, like, we're in this together. Like, she would connect with me and be like, we we got this. You and I, we're going to go to that place. She would purposely pick music that relates to something that I was struggling with that I could emotionally connect with. Um... And she would even, like turned everything off except candles and like she she knew what like smells or whatever because i'm sensitive to smells like it was just it was just like a great experience with her and i felt so comfortable i did not feel judged where i've been to a lot of like opera singing singing coaches that they're like sing that high note and i'm like no i know i can't sing that high note why do we keep going there so i don't know i just there's little things and just her like i could talk to her as just like a friend, whereas Mm -hmm. everything else was like, this is strictly business. I'm your teacher. Let's get through the lesson.
0: So I, and I would say that the short time that I've known you, that I find you to be somebody who is a very relational person. Um, I mean, I think there are two types of people in the world that we talk about a lot task where it's like, you know, A B C D E F G, versus tell me everything about you. And to me, you're a very tell me everything about you type of a person because you enjoy the conversation and you enjoy the knowledge and it sounds like that's what your singing teacher was for you so when you yes. were doing singing, were you writing your own music or lyrics, or were you singing other people's work what What was your comfort level
1: so yeah, I was seeing other I was seeing other people's music other artists' musics um you know. I was still young, so I I I was I sang like with a singing coach maybe till I was seventeen, but I feel like you know once you graduate high school and you get into the real world, you know you go through things, and so I've I've been through some things, and so now I feel that I could actually maybe write lyrics. I'm not I'm not a great writer, but I'm sure with some stories that I've been through, I'm sure I can make a really great song. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but I just feel like Mm -hmm. when I was there, I was just like, oh, I want to go to prom and winter formal and who's going to take me and who am I going to date? Like, you know, the fun things and when am I driving to school by myself and getting my license? Like, I was worried about that stuff, not what am I going through right now that I need to write about.
0: It's the teen. Angst Lifetime Movie CW Series of the Year. (laughs) Vanessa sings on her way to school, coming to you next.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. So you were going to be a singer or a doctor who would then have to read a lot of books. So how did you flip from doing the singing gig to being the doctor gig to what you ultimately do now? So what type of doctor did you want to be?
1: So, you know, I said doctor, but now thinking about it. I really wanted to be a lawyer, and I know Ooh. that's the like completely opposite. Oh, but
0: well, yeah, but they're both brainy, I, so there you go. Even more books.
1: Yes. I was extreme. like, I'm a negotiator. <laughs> so really? Up, okay. okay so, so, okay. So, growing up, I have two older brothers that are extremely athletic, and I have a dad that And I was also, I was a little sister, so I was just trying to, like, keep up with my brothers, and I was extremely competitive, not that they were, because they were obviously better, but I was competitive. Whether they say I was or not, I, 100%, in my mind, I was. So, um, growing up, um, I I had to figure out a lot of things on my own, because I was the last person. So, there's a lot of things, you know... Like when my brothers committed, okay, I'm I'm going to do basketball, they had to commit to it because my dad would invest everything to make sure that they got the best coaches, all of this stuff. So when I went into it, he was like, okay, I'm going to pay money. So, for example, I went into softball for fun. I just thought it was going to be fun in high school. I wanted to do it. And mid-season, I was like, I do not like this. This is not my sport. Like, absolutely not. And I actually became best friends with the – the mom who like collected all of the money and all of that stuff. And so I went up to her and I was like, listen, this is not my sport. I'm out. And I need to get my dad's money back because, or else I have to stay. Like he will not let me go if he's already done. If he's already paid, I got to stay. And she was like, I'm so sorry. We're half season. Like that was for the uniform, the bus rides, all of this stuff. I'm like, Hey, yeah, yeah. I need that back. And I remember the next day she texted me. She's like, I can see how unhappy you are here's your check. I will meet you or whatever. What? And so, I, I got the check back. Yep. And I, like, totally, like, negotiated my way out of it. Obviously, there was way more words in this mm-hmm, process. Mm-hmm. So, I went home, and I was like, listen here, puppy. I'm not playing <laughs> softball anymore. I do not like it at all. It is not my thing. I just, I can't do it anymore. And he was just like, wait, what do you mean? And I'm like, and here's your check. Because we're out, we are done I already took my uniform back (laughs) We are out I returned all the things you bought Because I just, I don't like it And he's like, wait, wait, wait wait." And my brothers were so Stressless, and they're like, we just don't Understand how you did that Like, we wanted to do that to some things But we just don't know how to say it And I'm like, oh, no, 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 I was out, I was out I was getting my money back, like, if I say I'm out I'm out, and so Um my dad, ever since I was a little girl, he's like, I don't know how you do some of your things, but he was like, you do not like, no. And so they were always like, you need to be a lawyer. You need to be a lawyer. So I was like, heck yeah, I want to be a lawyer. But mm-hmm. then again, I found out how many books you got to read. And I'm like, no, nope, out. like, <laughs> I have to study and be quiet. I was like, no, no, no. I just, this isn't going to work for me. This, and see, I
0: find that so fascinating because you know, and we can talk about, um, you know, college in today's world versus your, uh, you know, desire to be a lawyer slash doctor slash rock star. I think they made a show on ABC called Cop Rock that lasted about four seasons or four shows on ABC a million years ago. We can Google that another time. But, um, you know, I I think it's just so funny that you get into these phases as a kid and then, you know, realize Ooh, that's something I clearly don't want to do. And, you know, you had your mind set on it. Now, you know, when I was growing up, I wanted to be an architect. I went so far as going to a trade school for architecture. I was in architecture club and in, in high school, it was super fun and loved it. And I just wanted to build these, you know, cool custom houses. And then when I got into my first year of college, kind of like you saying to your dad, you know, hey, I can't do the softball. Here's all your money back. I did the first year of the architecture program, and in, for year two, I went back. It was in trade school back in the day, and I saw the curriculum. I saw what they were going to do, and I said, "I'm never going to make any money doing it. If this is all the education that I'm going to get, I'm going to. I have to quit." And so I quit, moved back to Oregon and got it, you know, and, you know, started quote unquote life. Um, thanks to my dad, rest in peace for, uh, and he was a director of HR for the state of Oregon, you know, so having a connection helped. And he helped wow. me get a job. And, you know, the next thing I know, I'm back on the college track again. But I knew, in, you know, just kind of like you knew softball was not going to do it for you. I knew in my heart. You know, I needed a different education to take me where I wanted to go in life, and so I made that very. And everybody thought, you know, what are you doing here? What are you, you can't you can't quit? But sometimes, you know, like you said, you just know, and you have to follow what your intuition is telling you. Have you ever followed 100%. your intuition and gone, whoo, that didn't turn out right"?
1: All the time.
0: <laughs> oh come on. It,
1: no, I mean. There are some things that I have done that I'm like, no, this feels right, and then I do it, and everybody around me is like, "Did you think about it?" I'm like, "Yeah, a hundred percent." For like ten minutes, it's it's the right decision, and I just like go for it, and then I'm like, "Oh, Oh. yeah, I didn't see that. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. didn't see that. That was fun."
0: (laughs) Who's been a good mentor for you as you've been growing up, and even into your young adulthood now? Who do you go to for advice?
1: For advice, I go to my mom and dad all the mm-hmm. time, and I mean that's not right. You know, I'm supposed to go to my husband, right? You got to leave in cleave, um, but I go. Mm-hmm. I you know I I grew up going to my mom and dad, and so you know there's certain. Let me just phrase that. There's certain things that I go to certain people. So when it comes to work and making the right decision, I go to my husband and dad every single time. When it comes to like personal stuff or emotions or Anything else, like with my baby, I go to my mom every single time. But always my mom, my dad, and my husband, without a doubt.
0: So have have you, and I, I know in the little bit of conversations we've had, your dad has been a very successful businessman in many different lines of business. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that that he gets that? I would say cross. I say cross-cultural training, but that's not really the word I want to use. But how he has such a, a knack for being successful at so many different types of business.
1: Yeah. So my dad, you know, he came here from Ecuador as a baby with his sister. and Mom grew up, graduated um, high school, went straight to the Navy, came back home, and <clears throat> excuse me, he just kept working. And I think what got him through everything and kept motivating him at first were, you know, the people saying, you're never going to be this without this. You're Mm -hmm. never going to be who he is today without a college degree. Why are you going to the Navy? Stuff like that. And it has motivated him to be like, nobody's going to tell me what my future is. And so he has known he's wanted to be a dad that he – not necessarily didn't have, but he didn't, he didn't have the dad he wanted. And so right. that drove him to be who he was as a husband to my mom. And then it drove him to be the father that he wanted to be for all of us. And so he, my mom and him, they, their like famous words were never stop dreaming. No dream is big enough. Um, and they even say from when they were just dating, driving, Um, to now, they're like, we dreamt of small, he's like, to what we did now, he's like, don't worry about the when, because if you worry about the when, you're not, you're never going to get there, because you're always going to block yourself, Um, Mm -hmm. you got to worry about the why, and so, those are like, that's why he is where he is now, because he fails fast, and he loves to fail, because he learns so much, and so, that's another thing. He's like, be excited to fail because that's when you grow. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things that my dad has taught me. And so, you know, it's easier said than done, but you know, I'm doing I'm doing the thing.
0: <laughs> now, so it, in all of this, have you always lived in California?
1: I have, yes.
0: Okay, so. I need to ask this because this is one of those things that always intrigues me because I love Southern California and I can't imagine living anywhere else. Now, one of our um, fellow BFFs, Mr. Hami, he just got <laughs> back from a three week, maybe it was three and a half week. I don't even know. It is way too long for I our know. case. I'm sure way too short <laughs> for his, but he went to yes. Europe for three weeks and traveled all over and brought back some amazing souvenirs and cherished items from um, well, I, I have stuff from Belgium and Germany and Italy. And he was telling us stories about eating lasagna at a gas station the other day that had me in stitches. And he says, you know, this the lasagna at the gas station was better than any five-star dining experience you'd have anywhere here in the States. And you were chiming in, and I'm trying to eavesdrop while doing some work. It sounds like you have traveled all over the world, too. So how have you been able to do that, or when did you travel, um, given the fact that you've been, you know, just here? I thought you might have been because you're like an, uh, you know, an army brat or something. You had to go all over, but it doesn't sound like that.
1: No. So, my family, so my brothers, me, mom, dad, um, every single year, every single year, have traveled somewhere for like two weeks, three weeks, a month. Um, and so when he was talking about Italy and he was saying the lasagna that he had at the gas station was, like, the greatest lasagna he's ever had, like, better than anything that he's tried here in the States, I'm like, 100%. I was like, the food out there is just love. There's, It's just a hug, you know. And so um, I've been to a lot of places in Europe. So I've been on quite a few cruises. Um, mostly, um, I've been on two cruises that start in Barcelona and in Venice. So you have a couple ports in between. Oh my God. Um, and I've done one that we started in Amsterdam. Um, and we went to a lot of places. I, I don't recall if we ended in Amsterdam, but a lot of the places that he had mentioned, I have been there before. So, but I was young, right? So being young when you go on trips, taking a 13 year old, that recently got a cell phone and you can't text in a different country you're like what are my friends doing but i really i really did enjoy it but i think if i went again i would even enjoy it more but i mean the food there is delicious so but they don't of, have ranch
0: <laughs> well and they don't have ranch ranch
1: yeah. my
0: favorite dipping of all time is ranch oh <sighs> okay uh, that's but, why i
1: said it i'm just letting you know yeah, if you yeah go th- there, thanks thanks take for your
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'll bring a little ranch packet and we'll just see what we can do with that so out of all the places you've been what's the what's your most favorite and um, for a variety of reasons but let's just start with your favorite place
1: so my favorite place um, is this place it's called Malaga so it's about I could be wrong again this was like when I was younger maybe like a two three hour um, drive Or maybe we were on the train. I can't remember, but it's next to Barcelona. And to me, it was like a miniature Barcelona. I remember we got on bikes and just rode on the coast for hours. And there's not a car inside. Like, you're just driving, and it's just like this beautiful ocean view the entire time. Mm -hmm. And I remember we stopped, and there was like this, this is like fire pit. In the middle of nowhere, a fire pit, and it looked like a little wooden restaurant um and it was like super super small it's as is that's as, as small as if you're driving New York City a little cart, but like it's on the beach, it's like made with i don't even sticks, I don't even know how to explain it, but I remember we stopped there, and the guys were just fishing for fish and then cooking it right there oh, and wow. my dad's all about we gotta get amongst them so. We stopped and they were so nice. They're like, "Come on, like, let's eat. Like, this is gonna be great." Um, and I remember we just hung out with them, and that's like their that's their little restaurant that they and I, it's not a little restaurant, but to me it was like it was just so out of nowhere. And these guys are just having a great time fishing and then just cooking the fish. You come up, they go fish, they cook it for you, and then that's all the fish that they have. Another people come up, come back in, and it was such an experience, but. It was so much fun, and I absolutely loved it. I would 100% go back there and see if I still feel the same. But I remember being – that was just so much fun to be away from the crowd. You felt like you're in the middle of nowhere, like a VIP experience.
0: So, you you know, but you're doing this at 13, and at 13, you know, like you said, you're trying to text your friends back home. Mom and Dad made me go on this Spanish vacation on a (laughs) cruise and, you know (laughs) – we're all feeling super sorry for you at this point. And then you get to this point where these guys are making you fish that they have caught fresh out of the ocean and then making it for you and your family. Why do you think that made such an impression upon you when, you know, when, before you drove up to this place, you know, you're like, I can't get a hold of my friends. I wonder what they're doing. And you pull up and then you have this experience. Why do you think this changed you so
1: much? It was just to see how happy the, the guys were, you know, that I don't even know. I think it was just the simplicity of it. Like they just mm-hmm. went to fish for the food. It felt like we were with family while we were there. Like they were so welcoming and they were so funny. Um, we call them buena gente. They were just good people and mm-hmm. they just, they were doing what they loved. And you can just see it. And it's so, it was just so seamless for them. But I'm like, oh my gosh, you're going to go, you're going to go fish real quick bring it back and then cook it like, just like that. Like you don't have to do anything with the fish. Like, is this okay? You know? So it was just, it was just something I've never done before. So the experience being with my family, how happy they were and they loved it. It was just, it was, it was awesome. Do
0: you think your family, sense. cause that, that obviously did change because it who you were as a person and into your core. Do you think your family saw a change in you after that day?
1: You know, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know, because I was exhausted you know, so after we, that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, sometimes we have life events, and you know, uh, you know, because I, I will tell you, I've been a major snot for many parts of my life, and then I'll have something happen, and then it's like, okay, I'm a changed person. You know, and so you know, sometimes you have these events, like you know, meeting the fishermen in Spain. And, you know, they cook the fish for you, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to live my life a different way now. You know, it's kind of like having that either teacher or your parent who's just really fundamental in your development and mentorship that, um, you know, says something profound to you that you just are going, oh, it all kind of clicks now.
1: Yeah. So what else? I think, sorry, I was going to say, I think that you're right, though. When we did do that experience, um, my brothers and I, like, we are down to have whatever food that re- restaurant is for. So if they have some something random, like, oh, we are known for, I don't know, it's the rattlesnake or whatever. Like, my brothers and I are now like, let, let's do it. We got to try it. You know, we're not like, mm, I don't know how I feel. Like, I'm more willing to try things.
0: So what is the weirdest thing that you've ever been coerced into eating with your brothers?
1: The weirdest thing? I mean, there's not much. I mean, <laughs> I'm saying it like a normal thing, but like I've, I've had alligator before. Mm-hmm. Um, Does I it really had, taste like chicken? You know, that's really funny. My uncle is always like, don't ask people what it tastes like. They're always going to say it tastes like chicken. It tastes right. like chicken. It tastes like chicken. But, yeah, no, it 100% tastes like chicken. Um,
0: what?
1: I don't know. You know, I don't know what the weirdest thing that I've ever had. Because to me, I, I just don't think a lot of the things that I've had in different places is weird.
0: Okay. <laughs> but, okay.
1: you know, I don't know if that makes sense. But I, just, I really don't know what I've had that's weird.
0: So you loved your your loved your trip to Spain. Where has been the the place that if you could never go back, you'd be totally okay with?
1: What is the place that if I never go back? Oh, you know what? I I can't even answer that because I will I will tell you something. So in my life, I've probably been to Europe for like three or four months in the entire time that I have been there, if I accumulate it. And for a long time, my brother and I were like, I cannot see another cathedral, another cafe, another like horse in the road. I do not want any more jamoni queso, which is super like known in Spain. But it was Europe. I was like, I don't need to go back there for a long time. But now that like I'm older, I really want to go back again. But that was the one place that I'm like, I do not need to do another cruise to Europe. But now I'm like, I want to do another cruise to Europe.
0: <laughs> so how do you think you'd enjoy the trip differently this time? I mean, I, I can think of a list of a thousand things you do different as an adult, but why do you think you would enjoy it differently this time around?
1: Because I would enjoy it. So traveling with my dad, you are up at like 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. You're eating breakfast and you are out. Until 10 o'clock at night, and you are looking at every possible thing that you can look at, and it like trips with my family are super fun, but exhausting when you get home because you it's nonstop. You just mm-hmm. don't stop walking, so I think I would do the same exact experience, but enjoy every second of how beautiful everything was. You know, I mean, Europe's not the only place I've been to, but even, I mean, just anywhere. I've been to so many places, but I think, you know, now that I'm older and I appreciate it more, it's so amazing that I've been there. But there's a lot of things that I can't remember and places that I've been to that I can't remember because I wasn't very engaged.
0: hmm I can I, that that totally makes sense. So if you're going to go back because Europe is almost as big as Orange County, you know, because I read that on the internet one time. Is there a particular place you'd like to start your adventure?
1: Yes, I would love to start in Greece.
0: What draws you to Greece? I would,
1: you know, we went on a cruise that stopped at an island in Greece, and I remember we got in this really small, small car. And in the entire day, we drove around the entire island, and we stopped in different coves and different spots, and it was, like, so much fun, but I can't fully remember it. And so, um, you know, riding up in the donkeys and riding back in the donkeys, I was so messed up because I smelt (laughs) the entire Uh, time mm -hmm. that I still enjoyed it, right? Like, I still went in the water. I loved every second of it, but I would go back because I want to... Just just taking everything, like how it looks, the water, the people, everything. I would love to just go back there and revisit everything and then go to Italy again as well. Because my name is Venezia, so Venice, my name is everywhere, so...
0: Well, the, you know, they I named the to city after well. you, so there you go. Now, do you want to go yeah. as a family, as just um, Vanessa and her husband? Do you want to take Callie along at this age? What What does that ideal trip look and feel like for you?
1: That's so funny. I just talked to my husband about it. Knowing myself when I was younger, it's just it's a lot. Being in Europe is a lot. Like you have to be ready to go. And so Callie obviously she's cute. She's still young. I would love to go to Europe just with Kyle and see mm-hmm. how much land we can conquer because you know traveling in Europe is so much fun with the trains, the planes, the the cars, like everything, boats. It's so fun to travel from one point to another. And so I would love to just go with Kyle for like two or three weeks and see what we can see with the both of us, where we get up in the morning and we go, and he's always wanted to go and he's never been. And so seeing Europe through a new eye and then also me reliving it and enjoying it, I think it would be so much fun. And then when Callie gets older, 100%, I would want to take her, but she's just, she's still too young to enjoy it.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, have you taken her to Disneyland before?
1: I have for her second birthday. It was all Mickey Mouse themed. <laughs> That's okay. her favorite. Okay.
0: That's your favorite. okay, well, it, you'd hope so at least. So do you think um, when you go to Europe you would rent a car or um, take trains? what What do you think your preferred method of transportation would be?
1: Probably trains. I don't think I would rent a car, um, but I just I don't know either because some places just going on trains, you know, getting a taxi here and there makes sense. Some places hmm. renting your own car. And driving yourself makes more sense, too. So I really have to see what parts of Europe Kyle would want to see to then kind of plan, okay, what form of vehicle or what form of transportation will we be going with? But I I think I would want to go trans. I, I would want to just enjoy and not be stressed of, you're driving on the wrong road or on the wrong road, the wrong side of the road. I think I would just want to enjoy and not, I don't know. I just would want to enjoy.
0: (laughs) And if you were to get a car, this is what everybody has been asking me to ask you the entire day. What color of car would you drive?
1: Oh man. Every single time I've been on a trip, it is the most vibrant color car, but you know what? I would just commit and get a bright red car. (laughs) And just, you know, so everybody sees me and they can be careful if I'm driving, you know, but that's, that's the color I would get.
0: That's a fair answer. That's a fair answer. So we've got about eight minutes left and our guest tonight has been Venezia Hirsch, one of the, my most favorite people I've met in my life. I've known her for a hot minute and that's why she is my very first guest on Rated G Radio this fall season. i so excited that she has been here. And we've been talking about her life and all the things that she's been doing in the past, but let's talk about the present and what are some of your goals that you have for your next you know year two years five years ten years what's on what's on your horizon
1: So my horizon I would love another baby for sure mm-hmm. um, I am currently going to college I'm back in college. Um, I am trying to i'm not trying I am going to be um a counselor or a therapist I'm still trying to decide what I want to be, and I'm actually on the road of getting my doctor's degree so I will be going back to med school not going back sorry from that young little girl I am trying to get my you know my doctor's degree. So um, those are those are some things that I am working for.
0: (laughs) I love hearing that. How is it juggling, you know, a full time job, going to school, being a mom, being a wife, you know, being a family member, being involved? um, Do you do you find time to sleep um, do, do you eat? I mean, what are some things that you do as this superhuman being to get through every 24 hours? Cause what you've just described sounds exhausting, but fun.
1: Yes. Very exhausting. Very hard. Um, if it weren't for my husband, Kyle supporting me, um, you know, he's, he's been awesome. He will watch Callie when I need to study and, Um, I have an excellent support group and that's what keeps me going, but it's very hard. This, this morning I definitely cried, feeling overwhelmed and thinking, okay, that's it. I need to be done. And then I realized it's the fear talking and that's when, you know, I'm, I'm making a good decision. It's just, it's very hard. It's very hard. Um, sometimes a little bit discouraging, um, but it's also extremely rewarding and I, I honestly, I wouldn't be able to do all of this if I didn't have the support crew that I had. There, there's no way. It's, it's, too, it's a lot to juggle.
0: <laughs> you do absolutely have a lot on your plate. I am just every day just amazed at the stories that you share with me, um, just about life in general, the things that are going on. And your. oh, I'm doing this now and it gives me hope and inspiration to do other things in my life as well so just a big thank you for being who you are um one of one of the other things i wanted to talk about tonight and this this is interesting pretty much to nobody else except me, and so I'm bringing it up, is that you're, you or your family is very involved with. Um, I'm probably going to totally say it wrong. The Sa- Saddleback Church down here in Orange County, and it was my first time going to that church uh, a couple of months ago when my friend Randy passed away. Um, he's somebody that I worked with at one of my jobs, and he had a heart transplant, and heart transplant took, but you know things didn't work out down the road, and he ultimately passed away. And we had such a, a celebration of life there. It was one of the most enjoyable and we all bawled our eyes out, but it was one of the most enjoyable times I've had with a huge gathering of people just to just talk about Randy stories and uh, your family or or you you talk about that church all the time. Do you have a special connection there? And um, what do you, what do you enjoy most about that um, congregation and community?
1: Of course. I mean, one thing that I, I absolutely love is their worship. Like I said, music is huge for me. So going there, it's like going to a concert. Um, mm-hmm. And I absolutely love it and I need it. And I just, any time I start singing, or screaming, um, singing, I start crying. But honestly, the the music there is just unreal, personally, to me. I, I, I love it. Um, and also, you know, I, I went through some hard times and my family went from, um being catholic to going to saddleback church and so um it was it was a really big deal when Mm -hmm. i went there my parents my grandparents my family and so i just that's it it just feels like home when i go there and the the messages are so light and like you're doing great and that's exactly what i need i need just like a good pump up so (laughs) that's why also I, i love going there the message there's something that you take from it
0: well, I think the message that I'm getting tonight is that I hope that you will come back and be a guest co-host again on Rated G Radio sometime down the line. I <sighs> If I could do the show more days a week, I would. But there's this other thing called life. And as much as I would like to do radio five days a week like I did for years and years and years, um, once a week is about all I am allotted to in my time blocking of the day. So, uh, Venezia, it's been just such a joy having you here. I am so grateful to not only have you as a guest co-host tonight, but to call you a friend and somebody I just absolutely treasure. So, um, with that, I'm going to thank you for your time. I'm sure you want to get in and see the family, maybe cook some, something, you know, eat something that's not stale, and then I'll see you bright and early tomorrow, my dear.
1: Sounds good. Thank you so much. I'll see you thank later. Thank you so
0: much. Okay, thank you. Bye. So everybody, that's been Venezia Hirsch, and you can uh, listen to the replay right after the show. You can also catch the show on Apple's podcast and iHeartRadio under the the banner of Rated LGBT Radio. You can take us anywhere, play us anytime, and always stay connected. Um, Thursdays. Rob Watson is the host of Rated LGBT Radio, and of course, monthly on Tuesday nights, the first Tuesday of every month, we are doing the Stephanie Gerard Show Journey with Stephanie, where she brings healers from around the world and talks about their specialties and what they do and take listener calls. Uh, we've also got some great programming with Mary Lou Monroe Ray. She is coming back with specials, music specials from some of the great artists and musicians down in Australia. We talk on a regular basis about who she's been interviewing. And, of course, you know, life happens. So it's a, one of those when, you know, you get it put together and you want to have it on the show, we'll do it for you. So we're just working out some logistics with that. I am so grateful to be back with each of you this, um, I'm going to call it this holiday season. But we're here now the, what day is today, the 12th of September through the middle of December and um, we'll just see where the new year takes us as well. But every single week, I've got great guest co-hosts. We cannot wait to share stories with you, take your calls, be part of your lives this year. And if you would like to ask a question, you're very welcome to um, send a request through the rated or find the Facebook page for rated G radio and go in that direction as well. And with that, my friends, I'm going to wish you all a very fan fantastic night and thank you for this is what the 13th year of rated g radio we'll see you next week with rob watson don't touch that dial you're listening to the best of rated g radio oh no it's not the best of see i pressed the wrong button this is what happens when i don't do the show okay now now we're really done i promise you've been listening to rated g radio there we go have a great night plus.